Peace be to you. Henry the Cobbling of Evil. Let us begin with a question. Tenakwe and now my Haramai 2, Curious Catholic, the Evangelium podcast, bringing the gospel to the nation of New Zealand through podcasting and tours. Speaking of which, Cycle is going to be here next week. And by next week, I don't mean in a week's time. I mean, I mean Monday, 2nd to the 4th of October. If you haven't bought a ticket yet, there's still some available, so get involved and get turn up just turn up to all of them just turn up to all because we're talking about different things there's there's breakfasts in the morning that's on the tuesday and the wednesday maybe third and fourth and then we're kicking it off on um monday night at the cathedral 7 p.m get your ticket get there bring your family bring your friends you know let's make it a big event because what we're doing here is we're not just touring celebrities or catholic celebrities we're bringing the gospel we're trying to evangelize evangelion the good news to everybody and so this is something that we're all involved in the gospel calls us to go and make disciples of all nations so get involved i'm just providing opportunities here you gotta take it up so yeah the first event's uh, monday night next week monday night second uh and then we've got a breakfast on the tuesday morning the university we're doing a dialogue with a uh, like a science professor from the university, psycho and, and uh, this fella, I've forgotten his name, is going to be talking, have a good chat about science and faith, you know, the the, t- the topic everyone talks about. Uh, but it's going to be great. So come to Auckland University. The uh, McLaurin Chapel, Chapel has all the details, so check that out. And go on our website, of course, evangelion.co.nz. And then we've got uh, the Wednesday, another breakfast out east at St. Mark's. So uh, head over to there. It's going to be 6.30 in the morning, but the breakfast do come with coffee and donuts. Cy Kellett said he's sold on the donuts, so he'll be there. Also because I'm going to be taking them there. Anyway, and then on the uh, Wednesday evening, we'll be at Meadowbank. I missed out, sorry, on the Tuesday night. We'll be in Glenfield. So check those all out. It's all on our website. You can still get tickets. They're still available. Get there, buy them, and turn up. So... Yeah, that's very exciting. I'm so excited for it. And it's going to be the beginning of a few things. I've been talking about Jason Everett for next year and also Chris Stefanik. So we'll be bringing those over. And the more we do this, the more we can do this. So this isn't just a, uh, oh, let's go see that guy because I like him. But it's about supporting the mission. And if you want to do that, you can donate to Evangelion to make sure that we can get more out there. We can spend more time. We can spend more money on better products and better um, events. So... Please do get involved. If you feel called to, please do, do do donate. But definitely, definitely, definitely pray for us. So that's what we're going on for. And now let's talk about some Catholic life. Okay, so talking about the Catholic life. This is things that we can talk about. How do we live? How do we go about being Catholic? Because I feel like there's lots of instruction out there, lots of theology and philosophy and I can just about keep up with it but it's not something I can really go into detail if you want to go into detail on theology and philosophy go to Peter Kreeft go to Scott Hahn go to Bishop Barron if you want to see how I'm managing to put this into the world how I'm finding ways I can evangelize and maybe get some ideas check us out so uh in last week's episode we spoke about the relation like the the relational aspect of the Eucharist through the eyes of Thomas Aquinas. 
And in this episode, I'm going to talk about some other ideas about how we can bring that relationship to others. That's what evangelism is, because Catholicism isn't just a theological concept. It's not just a philosophy, a way of life. It is the truth. It has the way and the life, all in Jesus Christ, which we get in the Eucharist, which we could go to every day if we if we find the time. There's lots of variables and stuff. I understand that. But today I want to talk to you about something that I used to do and I found really effective uh, when I was in uh, Priveskol Bangor, which is the University of Bangor. Um, so I uh, I found myself, when I went when I was in Wales, that's where I became a Catholic, that's where I found Christ, I converted, I got a conditional baptism because I didn't have the certificate. Um, and uh, so, and I got confirmed in the Catholic Church. And... I always felt like uh, a good analogy to evangelism for me is like imagine you've just found uh, a new song from your favorite artist or even you just discovered an artist and you love their music. You're listening to it all the time and you say, oh man, I just found this great song. Listen to it. And that's the kind of like, I don't want to say vibe because I feel like I'm not one of the youth anymore, but that's the kind of vibe that I uh, had with evangelism it's like i've just found this really cool thing and i want to show it to you i want to share it with you the problem is it's often in these big brick buildings that are quite intimidating and there's lots of uh, baggage that comes with the catholic church you know that people often hear about before they hear the truth of it and so you know it's a bit scary but like again if you think of it as just i've just had this amazing experience and i just want you to know about it it takes on a, a very different uh, attitude so uh what i used to do is I would be in, been in my university city, Bangor, all term, and then in the summer I'd stay in an Anglican chaplaincy. Uh, I'd rent a room. It was like this youth hostel, and so lots of people would come from all over. They weren't all Christian. They weren't all there for fun. They were sometimes there just because they needed a place to stay to work over the summer. Different nationalities, all sorts of fun, and so it was this lots of rooms, and there was a shared kind of kitchen it and common area and so you you get to know the people over the summer and uh what i started doing is as you got to know everybody you'd see them at a the breakfast table you'd say hi you'd share your milk or whatever you get to know you make friends with them because we're human and we're relational beings and so i would come to would come to a sunday and i would say hey um i'm going to master you want to come with me and the reaction would be, uh, I'm, I'm not a Catholic. And I'd say, well, I didn't ask you if you're a Catholic. I uh, I asked if you want to come to Mass. And uh, as you probably expect, they said no. However, the rest of the week would continue. We carry on being friends. We do things, play music together, play games together. It sounds like we're children. I meant like computer games and stuff like real men. Now, um, so we, we would do activities together. We'd see each other in our day-to-day -day business. And then you come to the next Sunday. And the same question would come. Hey, I'm going to master, you want to come with me? And they'd say, no, two or three weeks, Karen, and I just do this every week. And eventually, they'd come, because I'm not forcing them to come. I'm not saying, you better come, otherwise you're going to hell. This is the way the trade out of life. Uh, but I am just offering a window into seeing the truth. And uh, what I found, and so I did that, and when it worked, I was like, man, this works. This guy came with me, and he wasn't a Christian. Yeah, I, I believe he was an atheist, maybe a agnostic. And he came to Mass with me. Now, on the face of it, 
you're like, oh, so this guy came to an old building filled with old paintings, listening to music from an organ that was really old as well. And then he saw a guy dressed up in what looks to be a dress, uh, prancing about the altar, saying weird things. Everyone around him was kneeling, sitting, standing, and they were... It's an odd experience. And on the face of it, it's like, why would you bring someone to that? They don't understand what's going on. And uh, they maybe don't understand the depth of it. They can't do a good job of being there. I guess you're right. But um, bearing in mind what we spoke about last week and how I introduced this, the Mass, the Eucharist and the Mass, it's about a relationship. It's about getting to know somebody. I remember speaking to uh, a friend of mine who goes to the Latin Mass, and he said it's like getting to know a grandparent. You can't you can't just go you just meet them once and it's nothing. You have to keep going and eventually the stories come out and you see more and you get more and you want to know more and that's what the same relationship he's up with the Latmans, but even in this case with the the Novus Order, which we're going to. Um and I think something else we need to remind ourselves of is I think I think it's kind of because we're too trapped in like this kind of scientism and this uh like modernity of empirical observation taking things at face value, they are what they are, and there is no underlying, deeper kind of meaning. And um, I like how Jordan Peterson talks about the uh, the scriptures. He says, these are these are how the ancient people found truths through storytelling. And you could get to a deeper truth through telling a story rather than saying, you know, one plus one equals two. It's like, that's true, uh, that's correct. But there's a deeper truth that you can't get to without elaborating and talking about in a way that people can understand and being a bit more lyrical, like talking, using poetry to talk about love. It's not incorrect. It's it's more true than love is oxytocin being released from the brain. You know, it's uh, it's more it's more true than than talking about the science of it or just the actions of it. Love is when you give someone some flowers. You know, because also that means you can't give anyone flowers unless you love them. And anyway, so. What we're doing is we're bringing people to the mass for the relationship. Because we've got to remember that we can't convert somebody. I can't convert somebody. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So I don't need to bring them to heaven. I need to bring them to Christ. And then when they have that relationship, when they have that impact, that will change them so that they want to know more. And then the relationship with Christ will take them deeper. And I think... You know, I kind of touched on it earlier. There's a lot of concerns about bringing someone to the mass because, you know, liturgy is important. And what if if someone goes and they're not practicing liturgically well? Um, I don't know if sacrilegious is the right word, but it's just not right. You know, this is they can't respect it as, as you can respect it because they don't know. Uh, but bear in mind, it they don't know, so it's not disrespectful. It's just them experiencing something for the first time. I think like uh I think there's a parallel here in Judaism is there's less expected of people that aren't Jewish. It's like and they I think they actually I heard someone say once they Jew Jewish people if someone says hey I want to be Jew like really? Do you really want to? Are you sure about that? Cuz right now you don't have to follow any of the rules. And and you 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 know there's a pathway for you there. Um that there's more weight on their shoulders um so and i think if if you bring someone to mass and say they've said yeah okay i'll come along they're in a good disposition to receive 
And obviously they can't do all the right rules, but as long as you say, oh yeah, don't receive communion, if you want to come up for communion, you know, cross, you know, you've got to give a bit of instruction to respect the liturgy. Um, but yeah, I think, again, this is something that we can put into God's hands. Why are you inviting someone to Mass? Because you want them to have a relationship with Christ, and this is the most direct way we can have a relationship with Christ. So bringing them to the Mass would make sense. Because if you're going to meet Christ anyway, it's going to be in the Eucharist. Um, there is also the concern of, what if we freak them out? What if they're like, oh man, those Catholics are even weirder than I thought. If you know what that guy's wearing, you know what they're singing, was that even our language? And, you know, I, I remember my first Mass was a lot of that. that uh, I think I got invited along and I was like, this is some sort of, you know, mind control. He says one thing, they don't have any paper, they just respond. And it's a drone and it's weird and it's like something from the Borg or something. And so, uh, yeah, there is that element, but I think at the same time, Christianity is weird. And I think that's what makes it good, because it's so different from the culture. Especially Catholic Church, it's very different from the culture. And whereas it might freak someone out initially, it could also be a really big breath, a big, a big, it could also be a breath of fresh air, a big breath of fresh air. Um, so there's all these what ifs. There's all these worry, worries and concerns and, you know, some of them, you know, quite legitimate and they're coming from a good place. But I think without the invitation, without building relationship with others and then inviting them along, I mean, obviously don't do it willy-nilly, but building relationship with someone, inviting them to, to experience the truth and the goodness and the beauty of just, tr of the world. You say of the Catholic Church, but it's just true. It's just it's not another religion it's the way of life that christ has put before us it's the way to heaven and what if they've never been able to experience that before there's an argument that there's still a way into heaven for them but wouldn't it be better if they could live the rest of their lives knowing this beauty this goodness this truth um and I've, i always think especially i've noticed you know being a parent that all people from the beginning as children they learn better from example than from instruction like with my kids for example oh my gosh anyone that has kids that can recognize this it's like you hear your kids say something it's like that was really rude and then you realize it's something you've been saying for a long time and they've just picked it up off you uh, i saw a video the other day and it was a, a little kid say and the mom was asking what's mommy's name and they said mommy's name and they said what's daddy's name it's like alec and that's because that's how she always shouts for her husband. <laughs> and that's how the kid responded. It's like, oh, that's what he's called then. That's how you have to say it. And so the mum didn't say, when you say daddy's name, you have to say it this way. She just said, oh, that's how mummy does it. That's how it must be done. Because they have no context for the world. And it's the same with everything. If you go into a new job and you see someone doing something, you like, oh, I see how that's done. That makes sense. I can do that. But then sometimes, I, I know often with me, uh, it's like, okay, this is how you do this. This is the protocol you follow. Remember it. And then you don't do it for like six weeks. And it's like, well, I can't remember how to do it. However, if you do it two or three times, then you've got muscle memory and you know how to do it. So the example seems to be more powerful. And so when we're talking about this, um, that kind of ministry, this way of evangelizing through invitation, I'm not just talking about just go outside and invite everybody into mass. I'm not even saying go to your closest friends and invite to Mass. What I'm saying is build your relationship with Christ so that 
you've got something to invite them to. So that when they're in mass, you two aren't just chatting all the way through, making jokes as if you were in a cafe, but so they can see someone that they know and respect and they can pray. They watch them praying and say, okay, that's how you do it. And this was really impactful in my conversion story, which I might get into another time. So um, there's that famous quote that's um, often associated with St. Francis, which is, preach the gospel at all times, and if you have to, use words. So let's use our lives to proclaim the gospel and allow others to meet Christ through the good, the truth, and the beauty that we find in the church. But first, by making it part of our lives and then inviting others to walk along with us. That's my encouragement for you today. Stay in touch. Check out Psychalert. Like, share, subscribe, donate, all those good things. And pray for us. God bless.